Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon Bobby A. Bear on our Oakland Hard Jewelers Talk and Text Line. We got Brad Spielberger from Pro Football Focus, and Brad does uh, great work with the uh, salary cap. Brad, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Yeah, thanks for having me. Brad, uh, looking at the salary cap, uh, Saints-wise, we've seen it a lot worse. Uh, you know, I think last year, this time we talked, they were over $100 million over it. And, and I think this year it's 55 or 57. Into getting that down um, should be an easier task. But until you can figure out what's happening at the quarterback spot, uh, I think that's going to tell you, uh, exactly how adventurous the Saints will be this offseason, uh, possibly pursuing free agents. I think that's probably true. They obviously got started today with the restructure of Marcus May. And like you said, it won't be as difficult as last offseason. A bunch of restructures. I do think as of today, more likely than not, that Michael Thomas will be released for the post June one designation. Um, but yeah, I think it does come down to quarterback. And I think we should know about Derek Carr in, in, in the next couple of days, maybe the next week or two, um, and I do think the Saints are still very in the mix there. Now, uh, Brad, what would your take also? Uh, you could be a salary cap casualty, uh, but if they really want you around, you know, the Saints have always pushed it down the road as far as uh, we're just making it to a signing bonus. And uh, do you think maybe, ten, a two-part question, do you think maybe, uh, I don't know, when the collective bargaining agreement, uh, ba- basically at the end of this decade, uh, when that's negotiated, that teams won't be able to do what the Saints do? Because when you think when they're in uh, hell uh, cap uh, ways, so to speak, they're always to manipulate the cap as far as just making it um, voidable years and and then signing bonus and all that uh, like they've done. And they always get ready because you have the draft and uh, you have to have the availability there. So even though they're minus $50 million, uh, whatever, uh, in the cap, uh, fans like, oh, they've always done that. They, they could take care of that because they'll make it more into a signing bonus type thing. And the, do you think that will be addressed in the future? And also, could a player like Andrews Pete uh, be a salary cap uh, casualty? Yeah, so I don't, because the, the thing about it is it benefits both players and teams, right? I mean, teams can then spend more cash in a given year than the salary cap allows. Um, and for, for players, why would you say, hey, you know, I don't, I don't want the Saints pushing all those caps down the line so they can spend more, you know, the Saints have spent more in single-year cash than the actual cap in that year probably every year for the last 20 years. Right, right. So, right. <laughs> so, so, so it benefits everyone. And then for Andres Pete, I do think he's a potential option. They save about a $1.4 million. It's not a ton in savings, but it's more, you know, for them, it's more about is he worth paying about $12 million in cash? You know, he's had these injuries. He's been, a, I think, an above-average player at guard, maybe not a great player. Um, and his contract is obviously one of the stronger ones at the position. So I do think he's probably the big name potential cap casualty for them this offseason. Now, uh, Brad, uh, now this is a little off uh, topic with the Saints, uh, but we were talking about this last hour uh, that, you know, you see from a national perspective, you hear the Derek Carr news, you hear Jimmy G, and then obviously Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's still, uh, you know, he's on the contract with the Packers. 
But then you hear like uh, possibly to be able to deal them away. And uh, the only teams you hear is kind of like, I don't know, Aaron Rodgers in New, in New York with the Jets or going to Las Vegas with the Raiders. Why not the Miami Dolphins? Why not? Because I, I look at the owners, 85 years of age. They got in trouble going after Sean Payton and, and Tom Brady. And why wouldn't you bring Aaron Rodgers considering, and then you add Vic Fangio, I think is outstanding as a defensive coordinator. Then what, what, look, Tua was, was unbelievable until he got hit in the head a few times, and then he's not available. Why You don't think Aaron Rodgers can make all those throws Tua made plus? I mean, if you're trying to like one and done or win a Super Bowl, and the reason why I bring that up, you might say, well, you got to think more and build upon uh, championships like the Chiefs have done or maybe where um, the Eagles are at. But I look at the Rams. Matthew Stafford leaves Detroit. They win a Super Bowl. The Rams suck this year, but they won mm-hmm. a Super Bowl. Uh, I think he'd want to win a Super Bowl in Miami, uh, considering, uh, you know, you got to go back to the 70s. Uh, so to speak, uh, Dan Marino never won one. He was a rookie. But why wouldn't you add a guy maybe be in the hunt for a guy like Aaron Rodgers? I think it's a great point. I think we often underestimate how much owners and what they want to do matters in all these Bingo. conversations. Um, and, and, yeah, I mean, look, I, I agree with you. I think you bring in Rodgers. I do think he's probably going to get one first-round pick in a trade, but, and Miami does not have one this year, but if they were to offer a 2024 first-round pick and then maybe you know a third or a second this year, I'm sure they'd be in the mix with the rest of the teams. That's a good point. I mean, they, they maybe are an underrated team where, look, you go all in to bring in Tyreek Hill and trade for Bradley Chubb and make all these moves. Why would you do all that and not also make a splash of quarterback and make yourself a true contender, potentially? And we all know, um, Bob and I, I'll, I'll talk to someone during the break who covers them. His deal is they do what the owner says. The owner wanted Tom Brady. He wanted Peyton uh, last year. It didn't work out. He got in trouble, got a first-round pick strip from him. If he decides overnight, hey, I want Aaron Rodgers, guess what? Uh, Greer and McDaniel are going to take him in. Well, the thing yeah, is, right. the thing is, Brad, he's old like Jerry Jones. I mean, it's like the Dolphins, and, and, yeah, and the Dolphins and Dallas. They they got to win now. I mean, they want to win that Super Bowl before it's um all passed away or something. No, it makes total sense. Why why would they not want to? And, and especially for him, you know, in Dallas to a degree as well. But Miami, where they've just been like right around five hundred, they've had some good rosters that frankly were always deficient at quarterback. Um, and that was kind of, you know, they used to go right around 500 and, and be a wild card team, but just not really be able to get over the hump. Um, but that would be one way to change it in a hurry. Brad, uh, your thoughts on Marcus Davenport? Um, he would make the all potential team. Now, when oh, he's healthy, doubt. he's he, hell when he's he well. He is. He tilts the field. But, okay, he spends a lot of time down. He has uh, games where he, you know, you don't see him make a lot of plays. But, man, uh, that's what a defensive end should look like. And at times, he's played at a super high level. Uh, his old coach now is the defensive coordinator with the Falcons. And so, uh, and Terry Fontenot was there when they selected him. So he understands what they have in Davenport. And that gives them an option. A lot of people are saying, you know, six to eight million dollars. I think because of potential, uh, I think somebody's going to pay him more than that uh, to sign. Oh, I totally agree. I think double that is where it starts. You know, it could be maybe a one-year deal, and that's where you get the savings. But I would, I would say it's a one-year, you know, 12 to 14 range. I mean, you look at a guy like Jadavion Clowney, who, you know, similar player, super super talented, missed some time with injuries, 
But still, we was able to get those one-year deals, one time for $12 million, one time for $10 million. Um, I think Davenport is younger and honestly is a better pure pass rusher. Um, you know, of course, one season only with more than 500 snaps. But the big thing working in his favor as well, I mean, he's our highest-ranked uh, edge rusher in this free agent class as well. It's not a good class at the position. So, yeah, I think my best bet, if no one wants to do a multi-year deal, which, you know, makes sense, I have it at one year, $12.5 million. Six to eight million, you know, I, I don't see that happening. Yeah, I, Brad, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, we've talked about no, because there's just not enough of them, and also he's got a built-in edge of that team a little east of us, where he's got a connection with the general manager and the defensive coordinator. Yeah, because Mr. Fontenot and then Ryan Nielsen. Uh, but Brad, speaking of the NFC South. I mean, I don't know, because I always used to make fun of the NFC East, the NFC Least. I say the NFC South is the NFC Douth now. I mean, as it had, I mean, is this probably, when you look at maybe a decade or a dozen years, this might be the poor, poorest division in football than I've seen in a while. When you look at okay, who's, who's the quarterback for Carolina, who's the quarterback for the Saints, who's the quarterback for Atlanta, Tampa. You know, Tampa. I mean, it goes on and on. I mean, would you agree with that assessment or what? As of today, I really do. Um, it, it is a poor, poor division. Like you said, question marks at quarterback for every single team. And then there are some talented players on a couple of the rosters. But, you know, for the Saints, really good, but kind of aging now. So can they get a quarterback in and, and win with this current group with obviously Cam Jordan and Demario Davis? You know, probably don't have much football left. And, yeah, Atlanta still has a lot of room to grow. Carolina, just you know, not quite there yet. Basically have one receiving weapon on the entire team in D.J. Moore. Um, you know, some good young pieces on defense, but but still a couple ways away. Um, yeah, it is. It, it is it is a poor, poor division, and I think, I will say this, I think Atlanta and Carolina both at 7 and 8 um, might be teams to keep an eye on for, for maybe making a trade up um, to get one of those quarterbacks. Yeah, what, what about Brad, Brad? the money Carolina has cap-wise? Uh, we know about Atlanta, it's, uh, what, 55 yeah, yeah, plus? Yeah, they're, they're plus, but what about minus. the Panthers? Panthers not in a great spot. They can restructure a bunch of deals, but they're really not in a good spot. They're, they're negative as of today. They can make a few moves, and they don't have any important free agents that are leaving, so that helps. Um, but, but they're not in a great spot because the old regime just kept trying to win and, and push money down the line. Kind of gotcha. Things, of course, always do. Um, so, yeah, they're, they're in the middle of the pack or so. Now, uh, Brad, uh, speaking of Atlanta and their salary cap situation, uh, I'm telling you, I, I did the radio in Atlanta. It'd be the second coming of Michael Vick. He'd be a rock star if somehow they can uh, work out a deal with the Ravens to get Lamar Jackson. If Lamar Jackson could go to Atlanta, and I, I'm telling you, I'm not saying this lightly, uh, because uh, I just know African-American players, if they're not living in Los Angeles or retiring, they're living in Atlanta. You know, I'm talking about Chris Weber. I'm looking about Terrell Owens. There, there were a number of players that would make their home in Atlanta. So I know Atlanta that uh, they really didn't even care about the Falcons. Uh, it was like Georgia football and the Atlanta Braves. But when Michael <laughs> Vick was there, it was unbelievable. I guarantee you they're selling out uh, the Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium in Atlanta if he's there. It'd be the greatest show on turf, right? I mean, I, I couldn't agree more. And you also you have, you know, Drake London and Kyle Pitts are probably better than any receiver he's played with at any point. Um, you know, in his career so far in Baltimore, he's from Florida. So, you know, is a Southeast guy. Um, so, you know, I, I think, yeah, that would be electric in Atlanta. I do. I think they are an interesting team to maybe keep an eye on. Look, I think Ritter, Desmond Ritter is a solid player. But, you know, he, he goes in the third round. I think they probably had right. a, you know, maybe a second round great on him today. Let's just take the kid because he's a good upside, you know, high floor player. But, 
but I agree. I, I would keep an eye on them. I mean, look, Arthur Smith had the run heaviest offense in the entire NFL this year. You bring in Lamar Jackson, and, and I think they could have a dynamic offense in Atlanta. Brad, uh, I was talking to Pete Jenkins today, the old-time uh, defensive line coach, and he said, Mike, I'm going to tell you something. I don't know how much money the Jacksonville Jaguars have, but if you look at how that team is pieced together, they may be a team, and he said, man, I'm, you, we all here, we know Doug Peterson pretty well. Uh, he, he coached uh, his high school football days, and he played at uh, at that time Northeast Louisiana. Louisiana Monroe, yeah. uh, but, uh, man, they look to be a team. If they can get a couple more pieces, and one of them today he's already applied, and that's Calvin Ridley, who was a good player with the Falcons uh, as a receiver, that that could be an up-and-coming team and who could make some major moves this offseason. I'll tell you right now, the, the futures for the Super Bowl for next year came out, and the Jaguars were, were 25-1, to 1, uh, and I already put a little bit of scratch on that. I, I really agree with you. I, uh, you know, Calvin Ridley, you know, of course we'll see where he's at, but I mean, people forget he was a very, very good – you know, I know everyone thinks of Julio Jones was the number one and Ridley was the number two, but when Julio Jones missed time, which was pretty frequent at that time, Ridley was you – know, his efficiency in production exploded, right? He, he was – Producing at a number one level, uh, I agree. I think they are – you mentioned defensive line. I think that's probably where they need to add a little yep. bit more talent is along their defensive line. But it's hard to poke, poke holes in that roster otherwise. Now, uh, Brad, okay, money's always uh, – obviously uh, could be uh, – motivate you wherever you're playing. When you look at, like, the pressures uh, – the pressure, I should say, uh, playing in New York and the media. When you're dealing with the media every week, it's like a playoff game. It's not like the normal media you'd have in Green Bay or even have in New Orleans in the South or whatever it might be. When you look at like like a Jimmy G or like a Aaron Rodgers, does that come into play? Now, if you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. You hear that all the time. But I'm just saying that the future quarterback and the Jets have a young team, a great supporting cast. If you could bring the Jets to the Super Bowl, wouldn't it be the second coming like Joe Namath? It'd be like... It'd be unbelievable because, you know, you look at the Giants and his success. We, we know Eli Manning, you know, with R.J. Payton, all he had the right personality for New York. But think about if the Jets in this day and age would win a Super Bowl. You want to talk about, like, blue-collar New York. It, it would be, to me, like the second coming of Joe Namath. And that's the thing, right, is that, yes, they're going to be harsher on you maybe than any other media market. But if you do win a Super Bowl for them, you're not buying a beer in New York City for the rest of your life. right? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, it, it, it goes both ways. And I will say this, too, about Rodgers specifically. Obviously, the Jets connections make a lot of sense. Oh, look, of course, Green Bay, Wisconsin is the, uh, the smallest market in maybe all of major sports. But that's a very scrutinized organization just because of who they are. They have fans right. all over the country. You know, so, so I think he could handle it to a degree. But it is interesting. Like, with a guy like Jimmy G, you know, San Fran, a storied franchise, but I don't think there's a ton of pressure right now in San Francisco. You know, maybe he wants to go somewhere like Carolina or something like that instead of a New York. But like you said, at the end of the day, money usually rules the conversation. Brad, give us a couple of free agents that you think are going to hit big. They, I'm not talking about lottery money. I'm talking about Powerball money come free agency time. Yeah, I'll say a couple that I think people aren't talking about enough. One is Draymond Jones, the Denver Broncos. He's a 3-4 defensive end, but I think he maybe could use an even front. I think he'd rather just stick in an odd front and be a really, really good interior pass rusher. And I think people don't realize 
I think you get, you know, 14, 15, 16 million dollars a year. Um, a really good player that to me and not enough people are talking about. Um, and then, you know, a guy that I think is going to reach free agency now. He might not, but Javon Hargrave, another interior defensive lineman, more of a three tech, your traditional, you know, even front guy. Although Philly obviously did a lot of different things up front this year, but um, I think he's going to get like 18, maybe, you know, million dollars a year. Um, he's just that good of an interior pass rusher. And we've seen in today's football how much that matters. Now, uh, Brad, when you look at it, we look at the positive, we look at the negative, you know, and you say like, oh, boy, like all of a sudden, you know, you could say uh, I'm going to be on the Jaguar bandwagon. Uh, the bandwagon I would not be on is the Cardinals. Okay, uh, they're bringing in Coach Gannon, the defensive coach with the Cardinals, Colin Murray coming off the uh, the injury. I mean, uh, the Cardinals, I, I think they're going in the opposite direction. I mean, I would be shocked if the Cardinals have success. I am with you 110%. My, my thing is I'm not even sure Kyler Murray is going to play the first half of the season. I, I think he is going to try to get healthy. He needs to be able to cut on that leg. I mean, he, the way he plays. You don't want him limited in any physical capacity. And then, yeah, I mean, their, their team is just not good. They have, you know, a, a poor offensive line. I think DeAndre Hopkins is going to get traded pretty much in about a month from now. I think he's going to get traded um, early on in the free agency period. And then on defense, Zach Allen, who, in my opinion, was probably the best defender on the team besides J.J. Watt, is a pending free agent. Byron uh, Murphy, their number one corner, is a pending free agent. I mean, yeah, I think they could be one of the worst teams in the NFL next year. Man, that that that's a mouthful. Uh, when you talk about all those guys that won't be back, and they weren't a very good team this year. Uh, <laughs> right. So, Brad, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We'll certainly have you back on in the near future because, man, everything's starting to heat up in the NFL right now. Thanks, Brad. Thank you, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Brad Spielberger, who does a fantastic job for Pro Football Focus. He's the guy that uh, handles all the money, salary cap situations, and that's such a, a big thing now in the National Football League. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870 right after this break. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.